here to worship the Lord this morning. Amen. God bless you this morning. Maybe we turn the screen to a song we haven't sung in a while, number 525. I've been singing this all morning. The day of redemption is near. Men's hearts are failing but fear, but look up. Your day of redemption is near. Amen. Let's just sing this together. We'll start with the first verse. Old nations are breaking. Israel's awakening. The signs that the prophets
uh, I have an anchor in my life. Key of D, if we can do that. With all the trouble around me, oh, how discouraged I could be. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. We're going to prepare to go to prayer at this time if the brothers would just come and prepare for the morning offering. Amen. Brother Mike Gagne, could I ask you please to come if you would and open the service for us in a word of prayer? We do want to remember our sister Clara this morning. She's in need of a touch from the Lord. I've been still believing, asking God for a miracle, and we believe in a miracle-working God. So let's remember our sister Clara, that God would strengthen her and be with her. Encourage her and lift her spirits during this time. 
And also we have an earnest prayer request from Brother Deepak and Sister Vandy. Sister Vandy's been diagnosed with stage 2 cancer on Thursday. It says, we believe our God is Jehovah Rapha and hears and answers prayers. Please pray for Sister Vandy's miraculous healing and for God to come on the scene. Amen. Our sister Violet's also asking for prayer for her daughter-in-law, Ashley's mom, who has cancer as well, that God would speak to her and heal her. And when the devil rages, how we just hate that spirit of cancer. Amen. But we know what it is, and we have a word that's addressed it. Amen. So, brothers, if you would come at this time, Brother Michael will come and just open the service for us in a word of prayer. Thank you, Brother Michael. Let's bow our hearts before the Lord. Our wonderful, precious, lovely Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you again, Father, that we could come into your presence, Father. And we can sing those joyous songs, Lord, that we have an anchor that holds us, O oh God. Lord, we have confidence in the message that you have sent us, the voice of Malachi 4. Lord, the word that has been revealed unto us is now living down deep inside of us, Lord. It is a part of us. You said in that day you shall know that I am in my Father, the Father in me, and I in you, and you in me. And Father, you have declared that to this generation. You've declared that to this people that sit before you, O God, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Nothing can stand before you, not even cancer. Our prophet has taught us, O God, has been declared by an angel. If you could get the people to believe, not even cancer can stand in their way. Oh God, you have a believing people before you. And Lord, we come to you, Father, with the petitions upon our heart. You've heard the requests, Lord. You knew them before they were penned down, Lord Jesus. And Father, you are that great I am. You are the creator. You are the one that put these bodies together, Father, and you are the one that placed healing in the body, as your prophet said. The healing is there, Father. Lord, we just want to tap into that faith that would allow it to come forth, Lord Jesus, and our sister Vandy, Lord Jesus, and our sister Clara, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, Lord, God, these requests that come before you, Lord, they're not spoken in vain, Lord, but your people have come Lord God, that they may be healed, body, soul, and spirit, O oh God. We come and we stand before you this day, Lord Jesus, declaring that you are the same God who raised up Jesus from the dead. You are the same God living in me, living in us, your people, O oh God. We declare with victory over the enemy. In your name, Lord Jesus Christ, we declare a healing. We declare our righteousness. We declare, oh God, Lord, humbly before you, Lord, we know who we are. We thank you, Father. Lord, that we ask anything in your name, believing we shall have it, oh God. Take away any unbelief, dear Jesus. Oh God, raise us up into heavenly places this morning. We may sit with you once again, oh God. Commune with you, our precious Lord and Savior. We love you, we worship you, we bless your holy, holy name. We thank you for these things we ask, oh God. And we pray once again, Lord, you take these gifts that are before us.
Lord, we place into your hands, Father, that they may be distributed to where they need to be, Father. You know, Lord, you can multiply them. You can send them to places we've never even thought of, Lord. Oh, God, bless those that are on the field, Lord, our brother Murphy, Lord, and our brother Tim, Lord, away at these meetings, Father, when you bless them, Father, all that are gathered there, they come, Lord, that they could better feed your people, that they may distribute the word around the world, Father. May you bless them, Lord, as they gather. And bless us now, Lord. Anoint your minister. Oh, God, we're so thankful for these gifts you placed amongst us, oh, Father, that we could be fed. We could rest in thy presence and refresh ourselves, oh, God, with your holy word. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' precious and holy name for these things we ask you. Amen and amen. Thank you, Brother Mike. You may have your seats as we take up the morning offering. Can we turn the screen, please, to overtake me with your glory? Amen. We do want to welcome any who will be visiting with us this morning. We have a baptism. We're grateful to the Lord. Continues to move on our young people's hearts. Amen. We just want to prepare our hearts for the ministering of the word. We're going to invite Brother Tom to come whenever he feels led. So let's go ahead and just sing. We'll start with the chorus, Overtake Me with Your Glory. Overtake me with your glory, overwhelm me, I am yours, O Lord, I am thirsty, come and fill me, all that I need. 
Spirit to come and overtake us this morning. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Our dear and precious Heavenly Father, we've come into your August presence with thanksgiving. Lord, overtake every one of us, Father God. Lord, we might be running in various directions, but we want to run into your arms. Overtake us, Lord. Consume us. Lead us. Guide us baptize us fill us lord with your holy spirit and so father as we gather now around the word and we've given you lord the preeminence this morning to come and take the word and open it to us lord individually father you see the burden you see the desire in our hearts lord to see a church come up higher lord we we have no desire to stand still no desire to just hold a position. Lord, we want to move into the promises of God. We want to see you, Lord, move upon our sisters that have great needs. Brother and brother Milk, oh Lord. These various ones, Lord, need a touch from the Master. And we take control of the word of the living God. You said, ask anything in my name, believing you shall have what you ask. So we deny the enemy, we deny the unbelief, we take you at your promise, Satan is a liar, your word is true, and we stand on that promise, Lord. Father God, we just pray you'll bless your children as we turn to the word of God, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. My goodness, nice to see everybody here this morning. Look around the room, we have new faces. Jeremiah, God bless you. Is Anna Hope here too? Baby? My, welcome to Cloverdale, my boy. <laughs> nice to have you here. Did I hear seeing Jasmine? Was Jasmine here? I can't see with these lights. Hi. And your husband, baby, the whole works. God bless you. Boy. Why, is, why is Grandpa hiding back there? I can only see his head. He should be, he should, his, his buttons should be popping. Huh? My goodness. Nice to see everybody here. God bless you. It's great to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Uh, Brother Nathan, welcome back from hunting. We interrupt this message for our marriage for hunting season. <laughs> Apparently that's true. I was away in meetings and I got these beautiful pictures of some, uh, some game that you got. And we always take it as from the Lord. The Lord gave you and blessed your trip. I'm happy for that. Well, Brother George, you're here too, Hayden. Ethan, nice to see you. My goodness, George. I says, he's getting older. 
<laughs> Michael said, it's only been six months. <laughs> it seems like six years, I'm sure, to Sister Hope and the family, the girls. Well, we miss you. We loved you. Nice to have you back. Amen. And each and every one that is here today, we trust that the presence of the Lord will speak to you individually and specially. We go on and remember, I, I heard that you're remembering Brother Murphy and Brother Tim in Boston. I'll be leaving tomorrow for Philippines for a couple of weeks. And uh, brother, the brothers will get back, and then Brother Tim goes to Uganda. I come back, and I go back to Dallas. And it just seems like, you know, you know what? This is COVID, okay? Blame COVID. We've blamed everything else on COVID. Well, so we've pushed all our meetings to the end of the year. We're all playing catch-up, and once I get home from Dallas, we're back for life. <laughs> Back for the rapture. Amen. Well, nice to see you all. And I trust the Lord will just bless you. We had special meetings as those that weren't here on Wednesday night with Brother Ray Erickson in Bluffton, Ohio. Um, a lovely church, lovely group of people. Brother Dwayne Lawson is his associate there in Bluffton. Brother Erickson has a lovely family, lovely church. It felt at home. And um, I'm just, my voice is just being restored now. And I'll try and take it easy this morning, so everything will be fine, and, and everything will be okay. So if it's a little bit slower of a service, you'll understand. I'm trying to take control of my body. So good morning to you all, and God bless you. Amen. Brother Vernon will be holding the special meetings for myself in, in the Philippines. And uh, the Garlands have all left, uh, most of them. Most of the family have left to the Philippines. Daniel's getting married to Sister Shekinah. Uh, she's a daughter of a pastor there, and I have had the privilege and honor to marry them in the Philippines. So not only am I going preaching, I'm doing a wedding. And you know me in weddings. Those are tough because everybody's so staid and everything. I trust the Philippines are a little bit looser, all right? So we'll have a wonderful time with Brother Vernon and Sister Irene in the assembly there. Amen. Baptism right after the service, Brother Dawson. Dawson Lamb, where are you, Dawson? You're hiding away somewhere. And, hmm? Way up there. All right. He's my man. He, him and I are going to go into the waters, and he's going to be baptized. God's been dealing with him for, for a year or so, and I think it's marvelous. We have great testimonies of the young ones getting baptized and still standing for the cause of Christ. So you say, well, it's young. Brother Bram said, when they ask, baptize them. And, um, and then, of course, parent being parents, even though they ask, you don't know whether they're asking because friends or other situations. So, of course, you take the parent position and, and uh, Brother Ed and Janelle have taken the parent position and they've waited and now it's time. So we'll look forward to a, a wonderful time in the presence of the Lord. Well, with standing, please turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 34. Exodus chapter 34. I'll be speaking on a subject that maybe not... Uh, Sister Lori, is that you? Holding a granddaughter down there? Amazing what grandchildren will do. Bring you all the way up from the sunshine. God bless you. Nice to have you here too. I'm going to speak on a little subject, the loving kindness of God. The loving kindness of God. And of course, your mind's just going to the scripture where it says, thy loving kindness is better than life. 
and we'll address that, Lord willing, as we go through the subject this morning. I know it's not one of those subjects, maybe it's the, uh, the war zone subject, attack, but anytime we take the word of God, it's an attack on Satan, and we want to shake that kingdom so badly. Amen. And it'll be the word itself. It won't be us in our flesh or our ability or our strength. It will be only in the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Bible says here in Exodus chapter 34, verse 5, Exodus chapter 34, verse 5, and the Lord descended in the cloud. And we spoke just a few services ago, a voice from his most excellent glory and have a voice from the cloud, but this is going to be a different um, subject this morning. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, and abundant in goodness and truth keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Let's bow our heads. Lord, you are indeed a great God. You're more than able to do anything this morning. You can interrupt the minister. You can interrupt the assembly. You can come on the scene, Lord. We see the troubled times that are now. The seas and the waves are indeed roaring. But let the master of the sea come walking on the waters, Lord, and cause a blessed peace to come upon your children. Lord, we pray, God, that you will have your way in every life as we commit now the word to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may have your seats. Now, for another further reading, just turn back, Exodus 20, please. Exodus chapter 20. Now, I I know we're going to be looking at a a few of the verses in the Scripture and translations. I want you to understand the writers or those that have translated Scripture depending on uh, which translation you want to take a look at. It doesn't matter whether it's in Greek or within Hebrew. You can look at the word, um, thy loving kindness. And the loving kindness can be interchanged, of course, for mercy. Mercy and loving kindness. I just want to set that with you in your minds right now. When he's talking about the loving kindness of God, we're talking about the mercies of God. And they indeed are new every day. And we do need his mercy. Exodus chapter 20, verse 6. The Bible says here, And showing mercy upon thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. I want you to read that again with me, please. And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. So we'll be speaking this morning on the loving kindness of God. It's, an, it's actually loving kindness and mercy is an expression to whomever he's speaking to that's in a covenant with God. I want you to, I want you to catch that really quickly. 
very quickly. If God is going to show you loving kindness, it's only because you have a covenant relationship with him. That, that, that's, that's it in a nutshell. Without a covenant relationship with the king of kings, there is no loving kindness or there is no mercy. Surely the world can't say to me or to you, his mercies are new every day when they don't even know them. And thy loving kindness is greater than life. What kind of life are we talking about? A life where they're just a free-for-all, a free-fall, living any way they want to live? Is that, is that called life? When suicide is at such a high rate? If suicide, and life in itself was so great, why are they committing suicide? If the statistics are out of control, what's wrong with their life? And if they don't have a covenant life with Christ, there's not a life worth living for. Because they find out when you live life, it's an empty life. And don't look at me like I'm, I'm, I got three eyes right now. I mean, you know, Brother Bram talked about that little uh, ex- uh, experience that he had in Toronto at a hotel where they were drinking and, and the women were half stripped down and, and they were going, whippy, this is life. And Brother Branham, can you imagine a prophet, you know, moving aside in the hallway and then coming out and grab them by their arm and say, this isn't life, this is death. And we sit here so piously sometimes and say, you know, you know I'm, I'm enjoying life. You could not enjoy this life without the giver of life coming into your life and giving you a new life. Not one of you can say, I've done this. It's been the mercies of God that are new every day. Go outside of his mercy or go outside of his love and kindness, you go for it. You have at it at life. And you'll find at any sector you want to talk to, you'll end up at a dead-end road. At best, you'll be just a miserable man, a miserable woman. I don't care if you come to the top of your league in anything, whether it be in business, whether it be in sports, whether it be in whatever area you want. Amen. You talk about, talk to people that went to Mount Everest. They, they train out of their life. They go to the peak mountain and they say, it's not what I expected. And then people come to the ladder of success and they crawl up the ladder and they tear people down to get to the top of the ladder and they say, this isn't what I expected. And then we have a women's movement that came in throughout the 60s and 70s, and we have CEOs of, of corporations, and they've forgotten their families, and at the end of the day, read their biographies, and you'll find out, they say, I've missed my family, I've lost life. You'll say, well, business is everything, making money is everything. Well, ask Bill Gates, is everything? What happens when your wife walks away on you because you've had illicit affairs? Oh, we, we got Bill Gates all, all up there in the great leagues of life. So if we only had what he had, I remember uh, we, we saw a documentary when the kids were small up at uh, Whistler. We took them uh, skiing, and we're walking and listening to Bill Gates give his uh, interview with 60 Minutes or something. And they asked them, you know, you're building this, you know, uh, mansion over on Lake Washington and blah, 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 blah. And... Um, they did a, the calculation of the worth of Bill Gates, and they found out 
according to a ratio of what his wealth is to what he's building. And, and you would look at it and say, wow, what a building. You'd walk around the whole thing saying, wow, this is incredible. But it was only, what, 60 cents of his dollars. That's how much money he made. But you tell me, what kind of life's he got? What kind of life? You, you only hear the, the certain things that you hear, but how about the children and the effect of that kind of a life and what it's done? Without Christ, you are miserable. You say, well, I'm having a fun time. I like my volleyball. I like my basketball. At the end of the day, it's a ball with air in it. I used to play golf when I was a kid, and I used to run into the bushes and collect the golf balls and sell them at a little stand as the, kid, at the people drove into the golf course. And, you know, when I was bored, I used to take a knife and cut the golf ball to see how much elastic was inside. All it is is a piece of plastic and a bunch of elastic. Now it's, of course, you know, science. Who knows? I haven't cut a golf ball in half for 50 years, so... Wesley, you'll have to tell me what, what's inside a golf ball, okay? But the loving kindness of God is God's faithfulness to his children. It's a hesad. It's, a, it's in the Hebrew. It's eternal. It's limitless. So the loving kindness of God, its covenant promise with his children is limitless. It's eternal. You can't go through a hard time and say, where is God's loving kindness? It's eternal in every situation that you find yourself in. I'd like to just maybe, as I said, go a little slower, but hammer this down. Because let me tell you, I've got a quote here where Brother Bram says, yep, they're going to shut you down. Yeah, they're going to make your, house, your churches warehouses. Now, they haven't done that yet. They shut us down in COVID, but they haven't used our, our church as a warehouse yet. Is there some times coming up? There will be some probably terrible times coming up. But praise be to God. His loving kindness is better than life. This loving kindness is those mercies that are new every day. He's faithful to it. He, he describes himself as abounding in it. He fulfills all of it. And translated by the Hebrew scholars, it means he's faithful. He's unfailing. He is steadfast. He is loyal. And if to every description I mentioned there, it means that he is faithful in love. Amen. He is steadfast in love. Amen. He is loyal in love. That's my God. That's my God. If you've got a problem, you're the problem. You say, well, Brother Tom, I mean, this is not happening in my life. He's faithful in love. What you are, what you are allowing the devil to tell you then, he's unfaithful. So by taking the negative, you're telling God he's a liar. And that's exactly what the devil would love to do to you. To make you doubt what he's telling us by his word. His loving kindness. 
It's an everlasting covenant made by God himself to his children. Did he fail Adam? I want you to ask me, say something to me. Say, he failed Adam. Did he fail Adam? No, because he had a loving covenant with Adam. Even though Adam fell, there was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Did sin cause God by, catch God by surprise? Never. So then any promise that God is, and God wants to unveil himself in, it has nothing to do with presentations from preachers. Because you have great orators, and they say nothing. Or you have somebody that stumbles around and says something. Because he's taken the word of God. And there's no word outside this message that's going to give you the comfort of his loving kindness. So then it's a, Brother Bram said in the token message, and the mercies of God that are new some days. No, they're new every day. These mercies that have come down are everlasting. They are faithful, they're steadfast, they're loyal, they are true. Yes, they are. And the prophet turns around and says in the token message, God's blood-bound promises make us free. Amen. So if the loving kindness of God is there, saints, it should actually liberate you. Amen. Not bind you up, but liberate you in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Brother Bram said God's blood-bound Promises make us free from sin and flesh. It's an everlasting covenant. This covenant causes you to worship. We hear so much about worship. But when you enter into a covenant with Almighty God, there is actually something that's automatic. Yep. I don't care if you're buying a car, a motorbike, a battery scooter, a new appliance. You'll have your friends over and say, look what I've achieved, or look what I bought. You, you, you want them to actually enjoy your joy. Like Brother Nathan, he shows me his elk. He didn't keep the picture to himself. He wanted to show, I don't know who you sent it to, but I got it. And I go, wow, great for Nathan. Huh? God loves to share his joy. And it it boggles my mind when I don't see that reciprocation. It, It does. It actually boggles my mind. I mean, you look like sometimes you're sitting in the United Church. <laughs> and they're dead. But there's a, there, you've entered into a covenant which God wants you to have an enjoyment yes. in this life yes. and his loving kindness. Amen. It brings forth promises. It's in a covenant of his blood. It's a 
new covenant. It's a blood life. It's the life of his, it's life token in us. Outside of that, now listen to what he said. Outside of this blood token, there is no mercy. Now, I know that is, is deeper than what you just thought right there. But I want you to really think about it. Because it should cause then a stimulation within you to think about it. Without this token life, there is no mercy. Hmm. A lot of people go to a lot of churches, and there's billions of people that go to synagogues and mosques and, and churches and denominations. But there's also billions of people who don't have a clue that God, rich in mercy, by his loving kindness, came down in a cloud again to give us a revelation of who he is so that we could love him, have joy in him, have peace in him. Mm -hmm. To them it's a great mystery. They don't have a clue what makes you tick or what makes you happy. So outside of this blood covenant with God, there is no mercy. People want mercy, but they don't want what it takes to achieve mercy. It's to accept mercy. Well, they say, I accept Jesus. What Jesus are we talking about? Are we talking about the one that stood with a prophet on a platform? Are we talking about one that discerned the hearts of the men and women for 33 years? Are we talking about that Jesus? Or are we talking about a Jesus of the Catholic Church? What kind of Jesus are we talking about, Larry? We're talking about one that stood with Malachi 4. They gave you a message, came down in a cloud to unveil himself, to give you his loving kindness. Saints, please don't get this to be a lecture. Get this to be an encouragement and an uplift to you that God has come down to reveal his loving kindness and his mercy. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Come on, people. This is your God. This isn't a God of Tom Ray's imagination. This is one that came down in this generation, waiting thousands of years to unveil himself. Thousands of years, no one was able to even to look on the book. But God came down. Said, not only look on this book, you eat this book, you become this book. That's God's loving kindness. Now, it's your responsibility to say, give me the book, Tom. Give me the book, Brother Tom. Give that message to me, Brother Tom. Give that word to me, Brother Tom. Give me Jesus Christ, Brother Tom. Don't tell me about Jesus. Give me Jesus. So without this token, there's no mercy. That's an incredible statement. Outside of this token, you, uh, let me just add, I know that sounds a little hard for the, for the liberals amongst us, if there's any. 
But let me ask you a question. Outside of the blood at Moses' day, outside of the blood on the doorpost, Brother Joe, outside of that blood being applied to that house, you tell me, was there life or death? Death. Outside of the blood, there is death. And you got to walk in the light as he is in the light. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you from what? All sin. So you can't live in past light. you got to walk in a present daylight. And saints of God, if you've got the joy and speak and full of glory, it's not a joy given to you, it's him. Amen. <laughs> so what, are you looking for an ex- exterior joy? I want the inner joy. I want the bubbling joy. I want that bubbling brook joy. Hallelujah. And so then the Bible says in Ephesians 2 and 1, very familiar to us all, and to you who has has he quickened. So I'm going to look at you as you, and I want you to say, yep, that's me. Yep, I've been quickened. Yep, I've been made anew. Yep, he saved me. Yep, he purchased me. Yep, the blood washed me. Yep, I'm in that token it promised. Yep, I've got the joy unspeakable. Yep, I'm full of glory. You have to quicken by the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Quicken your mortal body. It's the same quickening power. It's resurrection life. So then you can say, his loving kindness, his mercy is new every day. Because he's not the Jesus I knew of five years ago or ten years ago. It's a living message. It's a living word. And it's a living, loving kindness. It's not a stagnated. Is everybody listening to me? It's not a stagnated thought. Because this is who he is. So if that's who he is, then he's that now. He was that tomorrow. He's that forever. So then the loving kindness of God is better than the life that Laodicea can give you. And I heard the church say amen. Amen. Then this loving kindness, this is better than life. The life that the world shoots one another. For what? We had uh, by our neighbor, a block away from us, some guy get pumped with 10 or 13 bullets. Well, that really warms your heart. Where am I living? I'm living in Christ. That's where I'm living, saints. It's not location, it's him. It's him. It doesn't matter where I am, he's there. What kind of society are we living in? It used to be in New York or Chicago, Detroit. But now you get a sleepy little suburban town of Langley. And you get people shooting people, bullets flying. Saints of God, hide me over in the rock of ages. Rock of ages, cleft for me. And you have he quickened. You sit here after 40 years, you should be more quickened than you were 40 years ago. Isn't that right, Brother Roy? More quickened now than I've ever been in my life. Because the reality of the change of the body is more real than it was 40 years ago. 
I'm going to be changed. In the twinkling of an eye, I'm going to be changed. No more time to say goodbye. Sorry, Sharon. No time to say goodbye. We're all in it together. Amen. Amen. You hath he quickened. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. Let me just say something to you. If you are not a seed, you will never be quickened. Are you listening to me? If you're not a seed, you'll never be quickened. You might come a message churchgoer, but you're not a quickened son and daughter of God. So only the predestinated elected of God are quickened. We have that. Where in times past, we walked according to this world. And we can say, most of us can say, amen. Amen. We walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. And we looked ridiculous. That's why some people show pictures of us in the 60s and 70s and go, are you kidding me? But just let me tell you something. If time should tarry and you are taking a picture of, they'll look at you and say, oh, come on, mom. You wore your hair like that. I'm not saying ungodly. I'm just saying style. You know, I don't want to go there. Remember, remember the good old dark ages in the 80s when your glasses were this big? You could serve on them. If you ran out of plates, just take your glasses off. And that's only a few short years ago. So styles change and styles come and styles go, but God never changes. But we get programmed, we get programmed by society to make us think because everything else changes. That God is a God that changes. But my Bible says as yours does, I am the Lord God and I change not. I change not. So we who were in times past, yep, we ran according to the course of this world. That is true and we are ashamed of it. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation. Sure, we all did. Sister Tracy, if you don't mind, one of the sisters was giving testimony how impactful your life was when you were actually in the washroom taking your earrings off and your makeup off. How long ago was that? From 95, I think it was. 97. From 97, take the three, that's 2,000. 23 years ago, still imprinted in the minds of a sister to see another sister being quickened by the word. I would say that's an expression of the loving kindness of the covenant promise because, Tracy, you're still here. Because once the covenant's made by God, it cannot be broken. You might break it, but God will never break it. And once you're in covenant with him, the blood atones forever. Hallelujah. His loving kindness is better than a bottle of beer. Better than what the world can do. Better than a soccer ball. Better than what the world can produce. His loving kindness is his unveiled true self. Himself and nails. 
This is a blood-bound covenant made to the children of God who walked according to the desires of your flesh. They're scaring me when they're telling me platform shoes are coming back. I was once five foot ten. <laughs> Scary thought, isn't it? Ridiculous. You know, I mean, ridiculous. But if the Lord Jesus hadn't quickened the seed, I'd be saying, oh boy, they're back. And I'd be 5'10 again, Mike. You would be embarrassed. I am even saying it. But we're driven by the spirit of Laodicea. Driven by the demons of this world and fashions of life. But when we were in that condition, Paul goes on to say, he quickened us together in Christ. And so by grace, you are saved. Nothing so great as when you were spiritually dead as the quickened life that God has given to you so we can say like Paul, but God, rich in mercy. God, rich in loving kindness. <laughs> Better than a, a five-inch lift on a truck. That's all right. My son had a, Dad, I just need a one-inch or a two-inch or a three-inch. Then three-inch lift goes to what, five-inch? Did you get a five? Six. Mm. You need a ladder to get up there. But, but you, know, you, you want what looks cool, what looks great. But get in an accident, tell me how cool it looks. Just a piece of tin all wrapped up in nothing. And you spend all that hard-earned money for nothing. Huh? Some of the parents are... <laughs> what did I tell you? Buy an old $500 junker and you'd have money to the bank. <laughs> That's free. So then it's by grace. You are saved through faith. That not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. But now in Christ Jesus, Paul goes on to say, you who were sometimes, and maybe there's someone here that's afar off, and you see different ones rejoicing because they've experienced the loving kindness of the covenant life of God. Amen. You say, why are they so happy? Because you have not changed this life for this life. So Paul says, but now in Christ Jesus... You who were sometimes far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Why? Because it takes the token blood to covenant you with God. Everybody still with me? We okay up there? Bill, nice to see you. Rebecca, God bless you. Way up in the top. See, I got lights. and When I move right, I get to see who's up there. When I move wrong, I don't know you're there, Kim. But Jesus Christ, by his grace and through faith, 
has quickened his seed. And only seed are quickened. They lose form and get life. Because the scripture says they have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof from such turn away. If you don't have the power of God in your life, you need this loving kindness. So Brother Bram said in, who is this Melchizedek? Only the predestinated. Sorry, it's only for the exclusive. You say you're so exclusive. Yeah. Are you the only ones? Yep. Are you the elected? Yep. You guys think you're the only ones? Mm-hmm. Get over it. I don't walk into the Elks Club and say, hey, accept me. You got to go through an initiation, don't you? Elks, Moose, Odd Fellows, that one's a good one. Ever gone to an Odd Fellows Hall and seen Odd Fellows? I said, well, to be in there, you're odd. But they're a group. And to be a part of that group, you have to go through an initiation. And to be a part of this, there's an initiation called you must be born again. <laughs> Only the predestinated are considered, Brother Brown said, who's this Melchizedek? In redemption. Did you get it? He wanted to make sure, Margaret, they wanted to get it. He wanted them to get it. Let me say that again. The predestinated is the only one that's considered in redemption. People might make like they are, but real redemption is those that are predestinated because the very word redeemed means to bring back. Is that right? Redeemed something. To redeem anything is to bring it back to its original position. You say, well, I've been redeemed. Well, then Brother Bram said in the breach, everything Adam lost, we're being brought back to. So how on earth do we go through problems of the day and not conquer it if we're being brought back to what Adam lost when he could move mountains? Lamentations 3 and 22. <clears throat> it is the Lord's loving kindness. Or, Brother Todd, it's the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his compassions to his elect fail not. Amen. Hallelujah! God's compassion to his elect will never fail you. They are new every morning and great is thy faithfulness. Why don't you turn with me to Psalms 63 verse 1 as we go through this as a little lesson. Psalms. 63 verse 1. Ever catch this, Sister Beverly? God bless you in the back. Nice to see you. I've been thinking about you, praying for you. Amen. It's lovely. Bev, John, and I, Brother Larry, we all got baptized together. And we're still here, Bev. We're going to fight to the finish. 
Amen. Are you there? Psalms. Psalm 63. It says it's a psalm of David. I don't know if it says that in your Bible. When he was in the wilderness of Judah. Oh, God. Thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. I wonder whether or not he was walking around, Brother Kim, and whether he was going, Oh, God. You're my God. He's like, that's a good thought. Let me write that down. <laughs> Remember, he's in the wilderness here. He doesn't have a few scribes laying around. He's not in the palace right now. He's saying, oh, God. You are my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land. Where there no water is. To see thy power. Thy glory. So as I have seen in the sanctuary. Because what? Thy loving kindness. Is better. Than life. So what does it say? My lips are pregnant. <laughs> Sounds ridiculous. Eh? Oh God, you're my God. Amen. And I'll praise you. I'll glorify you. You had me in your mind. You watched over me when that lion tried to kill me. You watched over me when that automobile tried to run me over. Come on. He watched over you all the days of your life. You might as well praise him, saints. I should have stepped off that curve, but an angel bumped into me. What was God doing? Protecting you. You say, that's ridiculous. Take it up with the prophet. You say, take it up with Brother Brown because he says, you would have stepped off that curve. But he says, you got a little hearing problem and you never heard it. That was the devil trying to force you off the curve so that car could kill you. But God, rich in mercy. My lips shall praise him. Amen, Marco. Think of what you would have been without Jesus. You would not be here. Sharon wouldn't be here. Your children wouldn't be here. Praise him, Alex. Praise him. He's worthy of all praise. I don't care what kind of wilderness you're going through. I don't care what devil is around that bush. My God sees around the bush. He sees the problem and he will deal with it. David, you are my anointed. Come on, bride. You are my anointed. You're the queen of heaven. You're anointed for position. Nobody's moving me from my position. No dope smoking. No lukewarmness come to church and wonder why you went to church that's it this is better than wondering this is keeping your eyes focused on the promise you say devil you try to get me I'm going after you brother Bram said he never ran away from the lion he didn't run away from Goliath I'll take what General Patton said I'm not going to stand my ground huh I'm going after that devil and I'm going to kick the daylights out of him. 
Amen. And that was a natural general. We got a five-star general. He said to Joshua, at the wall. You can take it, Joshua. I'll take the fear off the people. This message came to take the fear off the people. So God descended in a cloud to take the fear off of you. Hallelujah. Does he save? Does he deliver? Does he heal? Amen. My God can do anything. I want to welcome back my grandson. His name is Jack. I say that because Wednesday night, there's a monitor in there. And Jack was sitting out front and I said, who's that visitor? And it wasn't until after church I found out it's my grandson. Man, he's handsome. Takes after his grandfather. God bless you, Jack. We love you. Nice to have you back. Sorry for embarrassing you like that. But I get embarrassed all the time. To see you in the power of your glory. Think about it. To see you in the power of We're talking under the blood of bulls and goats. We're, I'm talking about the, the life of, literal life of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about the unsealed Christ. I'm talking about the almighty God. I'm talking about the Elgamore. I'm talking about my God. That can drive back every demon. Brother Milko, I've not given up on you, buddy. I'm not going to give up on you. Amen. One day, one day, one day. Right, EBA? Yes, sir. His loving kindness is a covenant promise to his elected lady. You make promises at an altar. God makes promises through his word. We come to the altar of Christ and we make a vow. And once he's made the vow, that vow can never be broken. Hallelujah. Why? Because Isaiah 54 5 says, For thy maker is thy husband. This one that's made the covenant to you is your husband. For thy maker is thy husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. My. That in itself, if I could do cartwheels, you know, ever see those kids that, you know, do those, not flips, cartwheels. I I was too gangly. When I did a cartwheel, my legs were, these guys do it perfect. I'd do a cartwheel down here. I would. I'd do a cartwheel if I could. I would do it right now. For thy maker is thy husband. The God that put breath in your mouth is your husband. The God that created your body is your husband. Amen. Brother EBA, you call on your husband. Would I do anything for my wife? Absolutely. Do I protect her from harm? Yes, I do. Do I provide? I want to the best I can. I'm a husband. But my maker, my God, the one who rolled worlds off his hand, 
can do anything this morning if you will allow him. It's according to your believing. How are you believing? I want to know, how are you believing this morning? I'm believing good, Brother Tom. I'm believing for the impossible. I'm believing that God would save my lukewarm daughter. She can barely even look at the preacher. Let her look to Jesus, the maker of heaven and earth. Yep. Glory be to Jesus. Amen. David goes on, writes in Psalm 17, 6, I have called upon thee, for thou will hear me. Thou will hear me. Amen. Thou will hear me, O God. Incline their ear upon me. Hear my speech. Show me your marvelous loving kindness. Show me your steadfast love. Show it to me, Lord. You can ask him this morning. Show me in the power of your deliverance, Father. Show me in your abounding love, Father. Show me. I know you hear me when I call. Show me thy marvelous. Here we go back to marvelous. Show me your marvelous loving kindness. I thought about you, Gabe. That was the marvelous loving kindness. I thought about it while I was away preaching in Ohio. And Jean and Angelica were having just a baby dedication. Really? Just? No. That was going to be a power of transformation dedication. Huh? And that was the marvelous loving kindness of God. I get up in the morning. I have a message like I did today. All printed out, ready to preach in the morning. Pray, make some little highlighted notes, and I'm ready. I get ready to come to church, and the Lord said, no, not that message. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. And a a scripture came into my mind. Do as your brother Abel, and you'll do well. I'll never forget that as long as I live. I stood at my little desk. I started to write notes. I started to write quotes faster than I could do it. And that is the service, Brother Gabriel, that God showed his loving kindness. You say, where's God? He's amongst his people. If God be with us, where are all his miracles? His miracles are sitting right here. Yeah, you can praise them, Paul. I'm thinking about you also while I was away. I was thinking about two camps ago, and my heart was so burdened for you. And then all of a sudden, I said, the light of the gospel started to shine upon you. I said, what happened to you, Paul? What was it? It was the loving kindness of his mercy that is new every day. Hallelujah. Yes. Do we expect more? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why we're under the anointing of Gideon. It had nothing to do with Gideon. It had everything to do with God's marvelous loving kindness. God sends them a prophet. What did that do for him? Huh? What did that do for him? It just exercised more of his mental process. But then when the Lord met him 
under a tree, Margaret. Met him under a tree. He's going by. And the Lord said, Michael, you're a mighty man of valor. It wasn't anybody talking but God himself. That was God's loving kindness. When does he come down? At harvest time. It was at harvest time. That's when the enemies come. It was at harvest time they crossed Jordan. It was at harvest time that Samson defeated those demons. And a prophet said, it's harvest time one more time. The seed has come to seed again. Hallelujah. Whatever was in that seed that went into the ground is in the seed today. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have called upon thee. You have. Surely you have. Surely I have. I called upon him. And I know he hurt me. It's not a figment of Tom's imagination. It's not people telling me whether I'm saved or not saved. Whether I'm a believer or not a believer. I could care less. I know I called. And I know he heard. Mm -hmm. And I know what he's doing in my life. I don't know about your life, but I know what he's doing in my life. I would say it's the loving kindness of Almighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you give me some time? <laughs> Notice I did not say five minutes. <clears throat> some time. Why don't you turn with me to uh, John chapter 16? John chapter 16, verse 33. Yep. John 16, verse 33. Let's read it together. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace, and in the world you shall have tribulation, but be of I have Amen. Why? You're in him. If you're in him, be of good cheer. If you're not in him, be sad, because you will be. Because life in itself is really sad. Think about it. I just want you to think. We've all known people in this world, and we will continue to know people of this world. You say, well, some people have it easy. Yeah. Brother Bram said this is the best they'll ever have. They've got their beautiful homes, their families, their boats, their trinkets. And they think that's life. But when they finally want to cross or need to cross or are going to cross, because every man will cross the Jordan River, you will either be found naked or clothed in the righteousness of Christ. It'll be one or the other. And we found in the Church of America was dancing the rock and roll, 
naked from the waist up, a perverted world as it is right now. You have transgender, transvestites, gay and lesbian, walking through elementary schools, strippers in high schools, and they're calling that normal? I say Ichabod. The glory of God has left the nations of the world. But I am come. I have descended. I am come to give you life and life more abundantly. The devil comes to rob and kill and steal and destroy. But I am come to give you life and life more abundantly. Brother Bram said in token message, that's super, 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 super life. He was a demonstration of that kind of life. He was a wave sheet that flew, that came over the harvest of this time. Saying the rest of the harvest is going to be like that. No, we're not going to be a prophet, but we're going to be adopted sons and daughters of God. Mm, Tom, slow down. So much to cover. So little time. So let me go into the Hebrew and the Greek. Because I think it's good to get a, a view of the translators wrestling with what came to be the King James Version. So I've told you these things. Jesus is saying, he's repeating it to them. I've told you these things. That you will indeed have tribulations in this world. You will have your trials. That's what tribulation means. So just look it up the word and you'll start to see where I'm going. You'll have tribulations. You will have trials. And guess what, Abraham? You're going to have some trouble. Uh-huh. Oh, man, this is a very victory, victorious message you're preaching this morning. Hmm. I'm going to have trials. I'm going to have tribulations. I'm going to have troubles. Mm-hmm. You're going to even have distress. Ah, here's a good one. Frustration. Anybody get frustrated? I won't look. But I know at least half of you do. Because <laughs> I talk to you. Well, we won't go into that, okay? But what, what does Jesus say immediately? Oh, even though you're going to have these trials and tribulations and testings and all this. He says, be of bad cheer. No, what did he say? Put a smile on your face. Uh, I you know, these glum chum people, all they want to do is make you as miserable as they are. That's their mission in life. My mission in life is to make you as happy as you can in Christ. <laughs> yeah. Man, I had a guy at school, he was just a miserable guy. You know what? If I saw him coming down the hallway, I took the third hall. Because I didn't want to go into his dark cloud of despair and despondency. I don't care. I wasn't even, I was still in the world. I hate depressing people. Did I say that? No, I dislike depressing people. I just, I just dislike, not the people, the depression. There, I cleared it up. Thank you. I knew I'd get it afterwards, so I get it now. So now we know we're going to go through those things. No big surprise now, girls, guys. Young people, adults, and then adults said, <laughs> that just helped the children, okay? 
Yep, you're going to have it. You're going to have this tribulation. You're going to have these trials. You have distress. You're going to have frustrations. But I love what Jesus said. Be of good cheer. So that be of good cheer means take courage. Don't just be a a good cheer. Take courage. Be confident. Be undaunted. Get stronger. Huh? Take courage. Be undaunted. Be a good cheer. Why? Jesus said, for I've overcome the world. For I've overcome the world. And this is the part that whoever the Greek scholar was to write this one down, I highlighted it, circled it, love it. He said, I've overcome the world. Is everybody listening to me? Now, I don't want anybody to put up their hand and say, I'm not a believer. So I'll I'll just believe that you're all believers. Okay? I'm just going to give you a real golden nugget right now. Here's the golden nugget. For I have overcome the world. Well, Brother Tom, you read that in the King James. You've read that now in the Greek Diaglot. And now you're going to read it. Now I'm going to give you the definition of why you should be of good cheer. I have deprived it, the world, of its power to harm you. (laughs) Take that one, devil. Take that one. I got a home run. Bases are loaded. Huh? Because it's not me. This is the word. So the word says. This is the word telling you. If you don't like it, take it up with the Lord Jesus. So now what he's saying is, I've deprived the world of the power to harm you. And it cannot conquer you. <laughs> smile, everybody. At least smile. Smile. Jesus overcame the world. I so overcame it. There's no power in it to trouble you, to harm you, or conquer you. To God be the glory. Yep, yep. So if you're not saved and you don't know his loving kindness this morning so you could have joy like these people are having, you could stand to your feet right now and say, Lord Jesus, I accept your joy. I accept your loving kindness. I accept your mercy. Come on, Levi. Stay with me. Stay with me. We're going to fight the devil tooth and nail. You think I don't see you? I see you. Hallelujah. You want a nice little church sermon? I'm sure there's some place you can find. But saints of God, we're in a battle. Your prophet preached greatest battle ever fought. Whole armor of God. God versus Satan. Didn't he not? Yes, he did. Contest. He knew when those seals were open that there was going to be a warfare. Because every time that seal opened, there was going to be a warfare. So he was equipping this elected lady. Letting you before. No, you. I have deprived the world 
of its power to harm you or to conquer you. Amen. You say, well, you got harmed, Tom. I did. You got squashed between two cars. Yes, I did. You got mangled. Yes, I did. You were in terrific pain and agony for months and months. Yes, I was. Was it to Satan's glory or to God's glory? I say God's glory. Did it harm me? No, it made a better me. You'll go through a trial, it will make a better you. You might not have to go through what I went through to make me what I am, but I'm a ting. As I said to the saints in, in Ohio, a ting. I got a ting you ain't tinging. But you got a ting I can't ting. But together we make a symphony. We make harmony. And we go through these trials, but it's not to your harm, it's to your betterment. The devil can't destroy you, God will build you up in the faith. The things I used to do, I don't do them no more. Why? God took it all out of me. It's not, oh, I can't do that because grandpa will see me or brother Ken will see me. I don't want to do it. It takes the want of the world out of you. Oh, David says, remember, oh Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindness, for they have been ever of old. As long as God was, and that's before he was. Before he was, he was, he was. And before that, he was, was. And Tom, you're not making any sense. But what I'm trying to tell you, whatever God is, his loving, tender mercies is him. In one Greek scholar says, loving kindness, said, as it relates to the character of God, it's the chiefest of his attributes. So you think I'm just preaching a little, a little message on a Sunday morning of God's loving kindness. But if you want to look it up in the Hebrew, and the Hebrew scholar is saying, it's the chiefest of the attributes of what God is. I thought, That's pretty amazing. I thought I'd get more amazing response than that. That's amazing to me. It's the chiefest. God's loving kindness is only offered to his seed. Oh, you think I wrote that down? No. The Hebrew scholars wrote that down. That's why they said to Jesus, we are not born of fornication. We are of Abraham's seed. It's all to do with seed. You just have to determine whose seed you are. Serpents or gods? You might as well say God. Amen. You might as well say God. So then his loving kindness is only offered to his children. Who are the ones that are in his plan of redemption? It's an expression of God's loyalty to his own. I love this. His loving kindness is an expression of his loyalty to you, Tom and Kim. <laughs> his loving kindness. When the world's not so kind. And we're finding that out more and more. And the more unkind Laodicea gets, 
the more rich loving kindness becomes. God's has said symbolizes his persistent and unconditional tenderness. <laughs> Kindness. Mercy. It indicates then his relationship, seeking his own with his tender love and mercy. Immediately, as Adam fell, immediately his said came into fame view. Immediately, when man fell in sin, immediately there was bloody skins waiting for it. Immediately. Immediately. I love it. God immediately was seeking for Adam. Adam, where are you? It was man that was hiding. When you don't come to church, it's man that's hiding. I'll say that with a smile so you don't think that I'm manager or something. <laughs> I'm not manager. It's always man that hides. It's God that finds. So God seek you out in his loving kindness and his mercy and his loyalty and his love and his mercy. Seek you out, Ricard, when you were in your cool mode. I can take a look and know where you were. Visibly imprinted in my mind. But God knows how to find Adam when you thought that you were hiding in a crowd. He'll seek after his own. He will seek you as he did Adam. Although Adam was hiding, God knows where you're hiding. God's loving kindness, kindness is manifested in the spilling of his own blood. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, God so loved his children. He set his face to Jerusalem like flint and went to the cross. Angels, Brother Branham said, waiting for him just to speak a word. But he had you, Linda, on his mind. He had you, Horan, on his mind. He had you, Emmanuel, on his mind. He had me on his mind. He had redemption on his mind. He had a covenant on his mind. I will redeem her. Adam went out knowing that he was going to redeem Eve. Christ knowing he came to earth to redeem fallen Eve. That's his loving kindness to you. I was thinking of preaching, and I heard a preacher preach it 42 years ago, if not five, 45. Love seeks a response. The love of God. God so loved the world, and they wagged their heads. 
and they spit on him. But there was a people in loving kindness. He wooed and wooed and wouldn't let you go and wouldn't let you go. Phil, he wouldn't let you go. A brother calls you up. A brother says, come on, Phil. Get with the program. Get with Christ. Get in the Word. Come on over for fellowship. And look at you, Prince Philip. Yeah, okay. Too much? I'll back that up. (laughs) But he had us on his mind to redeem because he's the covenant one. I won't lose you, Daniel. I won't lose you. Did we deserve it? No, sir. But it's the expression of his loyal love. His loyal faithfulness. Did you ever wonder what dimension those skins came from? Did God actually come down and take a lamb and rip it apart? Or did he bring it because he was the lamb of God and create bleeding skins and gave a life for a life? How did that all happen? We will find out one day. But in one place, it dropped down on Adam. One day, the Lord came and dropped down his presence upon your life. You thought you were going this way, but his covenant mind said, you're mine, Brother Gil, and I'm not going to let you go. Now, if we told the story of every seed that was here, how we got here would fill volumes untold. I was given testimony about Brother Stephen Keery and how that we we're having the meetings up at SFU and, and we were having an open uh, thing and we're ta- talking about the prophet and all this guy walked in. He was about six foot four, six foot five. He had his hat off on this side. He had the high tops on. He was the coolest man on campus. Walked into our meeting. And we were just exp- uh, explaining the messenger and the message. And he jumps up in the meeting and says, You mean to tell me that this message is going to go to every seed on the face of the earth? I go, Huh-huh. And I get a tap on my leg, and it was Brother Stephen Keery. How long had it been, say, four months? Maybe, hmm? You know, he, he, he studied physics six hours a day. Is that right, Jean? Six hours a day. Can you imagine anybody studying 10 minutes? (laughs) Six hours a day. Physics. I mean, (laughs) it boggles my mind just to say that. So then he said, Tom, when I got saved, I changed studying physics for six hours. I went to studying the message for six hours. I thought, man, that's my kind of brother. So he taps me on the leg. He says, can I answer the question? I go, you're just new. But I thought, hey, he's a, he's a man of God. He's a wonderful son of God. 
I'll, if whatever he leaves out, I'll put in. He didn't leave nothing out. He says, I'll tell you how it happens. He says, who am I? From a little village out in Nigeria. My dad doesn't even want me to study physics. Slaps me across the head, said, son, get a, get, get a life. You can't make a, a living out of math and physics. So he says, I put my books away. Then when I got older, I said, hey, I like it. I liked it. He studied it. Got into university. Got his degree. Wants to get it over into a higher education. Who opens the door to come to SFU? Put a, a dot on a map. So he comes to SFU. Jean gets saved. Jean starts witnessing to him. He's at a Nigerian Pentecostal church. Comes to this church. Gives his heart to Christ. Loves this message. <laughs> serves the Lord. And he turns to this guy and says, listen, if God can bring me from Nigeria to Canada, which I didn't even know where it was, to SFU, to a church in Cloverdale, to Jean Manassi, to here, and he can bring the Queen of Sheba. Come on, stay with me. He can bring the Queen of Sheba through the desert to Solomon. He can bring any seed. He can bring any seed to himself. To God be the glory. It's his loving kindness. It's his covenant. Right, Emmanuel? How did you get to Belgium? How did you get to Canada? Come on, write the stories. Write the testimonies. You say, where's God? Look around the road. Brother Murphy from China, coming all the way to he, I think mom and dad wanted him to go to Toronto. Ends up at Cloverdale. Gives his heart to the Lord. I don't know Murphy from no, nobody. I come out of, this, out of this double door, come around, and Murphy's standing in the foyer. I was giving this testimony in Ohio. And I said, I come around the corner, and there's Brother Murphy standing there. Gives me a big, giant hug. He says, I'm going to spread this message. I says, you've only been saved a few months. He says, that's my burning Desire. Who put that there? Did he do it? Did he do it? What was it? It was the loving kindness of God living now in vessels. Hallelujah. God's covenant promise to keep you. Surely goodness. And mercy. Do you know the song? Shall follow me all the days, all the days of my life. Oh, surely goodness and his lovely mercy has followed me all the days of my life. Look at your own life this morning, say. I'd say, surely goodness and mercy, Michelle, will never leave you, never forsake you. God bless you. God bless you this morning. God bless your gallant hearts this morning. If it wasn't for his love, I want you to think about it this morning. Musicians, please come. I want you to think about that loving kindness this morning, Juniper. 
I do. He'll save your children. He'll bring your home together. It's a covenant promise. Hallelujah. I will not be denied. I won't be denied. It's not a question whether the scepter would be given to Esther. We already know the type and shadow. The king gave her the scepter. It's not a question this morning, will he give you the scepter? He'll give you up to half of the king. He'll give you himself, which is his kingdom. Have you been converted by the loving kindness and blood of the covenant of Jesus Christ? As mercy came down to Adam, mercy came down at Calvary. Mercy descended in our age. It came down and healed our souls, healed our lives, healed our homes. Thy loving kindness is better than any life Laodicea could offer me or you, anyone that is wayward. You could start playing that, man. Do you know it? Okay. It's a powerful influence, this loving kindness. Powerful. Powerful. So powerful. It took a Saul of Tarsus who was out to destroy a church. But loving kindness descended. Turn him from a Saul to a Paul. Turn him to a son of the living God and awaken that prophet ministry within his life. Maybe there's some trouble or some situation. You want that loving kindness and that power of God to come into your life, break that chain and break that yoke that you'd be totally delivered by his loving kindness this morning. You've got something on your heart. It might be for one hour. I'll preach for one. I have so many times. But this loving kindness is a God of power and grace. And he will break any yoke, any distress. For I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer. I've taken the hurt and the harm, and it could never destroy you. And you've got something you want to hold before God and say, Lord, I need your loving kindness this morning to descend. You want to stand to your feet. That's fine. You want to sit in your chair? That's fine, too. I, I really don't care. My lips shall praise thee. Thus will I 
presence of God, I love you with a holy love. I want you all to have that freedom. I the baptism to get ready for if you want to make ready oh my lips shall praise thee thus will I bless thee let's just lift up our hands and say Father, with my hands lifted up and my heart filled with praise. Various ones stood, Lord, and you know their need and their burden and their longing, Lord. I just pray that this loving kindness that we spoke of this morning, this covenant promise to your elected lady, Lord, would move amongst this assembly. Meet every need, every burden, every heart's cry, Lord. You can do it in a moment. You can change a life in a moment, Lord. You can save a soul in a moment, Lord. Father, we prayed much for our loved ones. We prayed much for Brother Milko. We prayed much. For Sister Clara, we prayed much for Sister Beth. We prayed much, Lord, for Sister Ramona. And we will continue to hold them up. We will have these trials. We will have these testings. But it's not for our harm, Lord. I pray, Father God, that something was said to encourage your people. And I'm blessed, Lord. Bless your people. Bless your children. Bless this baptism, Lord. A little man's going to stand in the waters, Lord. Let the glory of God fall upon Dawson. Lord, there should be others, Lord, lined up because if they haven't taken on your name, Lord, they need to. But I pray for this young man that you'll fill him with the Holy Ghost and fire. I pray, Father God, you'll make him a testimony for the kingdom. I commit every need and every uplifted hand and all those that stood and those that didn't. Pray that your glory will rest upon this church, Lord, as we press the kingdom in Jesus' name. My hand in thy name I'll lift my
goodness of God. Let's sing it. Be flat if we could, please. I love you, Lord. Oh, for your mercy never fails me. And all my days I may tell you From the moment that I wake Thank you.
Watershed. They must have thawed this morning, and we're filling the tank with ice cold water for little Dawson. You all right, honey? Yep, all right. Well, the Lord has dealt with Brother Dawson Lamb. Amen. I wish I would have been here at this age. This is a little man. Going to grow up to be a big man. <laughs> be all right if I just leave your arms for a minute so you're not shaking too much, honey? Okay. Brother Tom has a scripture when we were talking in his office. I made reference to it, honey. You know what the Bible says in 1 Samuel 3? Hannah gave Samuel to the temple. And when he was in the temple, he heard the Lord's call. And the Lord called Dawson. And you know what Dawson said? Here am I. Here am I. Jesus Christ, the same. Yesterday. Today. And forever. Amen. My Bible says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, Dawson. And ye shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. And it's unto you, and unto your children, and unto your children's children. And I say to God, be the glory Amen. that the Holy Spirit can deal at camp, Michael, and speak to our heart and hold on. See, month after month, that's where God dealt with me, and I want to be baptized. Amen. And here he is in the waters of baptism. Camp, is it worth it? Yes. It's more than worth it. Dawson, you love the Lord Jesus, honey? Yes. With all your heart? Yes. And you've asked him to come into your life? Yes. All right. You put your hand on your wrist there like that, okay? All right, honey. Lord, with great pleasure, I stand here in the waters with Brother Dawson. You have called him no different than you did Samuel. No different than you called the prophet out of a tree. You spoke in a still small voice to this young man. 
And he's willingly given his heart to you, Lord, and he wants to be identified in your death, burial, and resurrection. So, Father, we stand in the waters of baptism because Brother Dawson desires it, Lord. I ask you to bless him, use him, fill him. Let him be an influence, Lord, around his family and friends and this little assembly, Father. Pray grow up to be such a force, Lord, for the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name. So, Brother Dawson, by your confession that Jesus is your Savior, I baptize you in true Christian baptism in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. What a service, that love and kindness. I was just thinking and looking at Dawson in there. I said, my, what power of our God. You have his parents that are standing here. Is the keeping power of God, that loving kindness that could keep them all the way from the time they gave their heart to then their little one is staying in there. I said, Lord, may he raise up if time should tarry to stand just as firm and strong as his mommy and his daddy and his grandmommy and his granddaddy. All that's, that's the keeping power of God. That's all we can say. I just look into the congregation as Brother Tom was speaking. That is, he was pointing out different ones, and I just thought, my, each one of us could go back into our lives and say, where would I be? Where would I really be if it wasn't for his loving kindness? Where would we really be? I, I can go back in my heart, and I can think, where, where would I have gone? What angle would I have taken if God hadn't come and grabbed a hold of my heart at nine years old? And where would he be for other, each one of us? We wouldn't be here, I can tell you that. That's why I just want to sing, magnify the Lord with me. That's what I want to sing as we close this, this morning. We can stand together, think of all the different things that we go through in, 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 these, in our lives that we've, we've gone some many years. And I just the scripture came to me. It says, who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril, or sword. Anything? Anything? No. Nothing can separate us from the loving kindness of God. As Brother Tom said, because we're predestinated to receive of it. So is there any trial or tribulation? No, sir. So then I'm just going to lift my hands this morning and say, Lord, I'm going to magnify you for what you've done for me. Make it personal. Not for who's standing up here or not someone around you, but make it personal as we sing today. Lord, I'm going to magnify you as David did, maybe alone in the wilderness, running around a tree somewhere saying, oh, the goodness of God. Let's sing that this morning as we would close. I saw the Lord and the lantern.
Him this morning. Oh, this is this is a house of praise. We would not want to walk out and give up an opportunity. We could, Lord, to set this even these last few moments of a service aside. We could sing the song, magnify the name of the Lord. We we could sing it, but Lord, we want to praise you. We want to open our lips and express why we want to magnify you. Because your loving kindness is better than life. Oh, what we might go through and the difficulties, but Lord, you deliver us out of them all. Lord, we might go through sickness and trial, tribulation, perils, and different complexities, but Lord, oh, it's greater. Your loving kindness is greater. It cannot harm us, as we heard tonight. You've, you've deprived the enemy of its power to overcome us. Oh, if we could tuck that deep in our hearts, Lord, because at some point, at some moment, we'll be raptured from here and we'll be gathered around the throne and then we will say, oh, his loving kindness is indeed better than life because he kept me, he saved me, he delivered me. Oh, I was a poor blind man or a lame man, but I'm now a conqueror in Christ Jesus. All the trials of life will fade away. That's why we can stand this morning, saints of God, and say, oh God, we love you. We appreciate you. Oh, Lord, would you give us, Lord, a continued courage. We'll walk out the door if we need to go down memory lane a little bit and start to rehearse. Oh, the goodness of God in our lives. Where I could have gone one way, but you stopped me. Where I could have made a decision another way, but you stopped me. You put a son or daughter of God in my path and helped me, Lord, see through a situation. You healed me when I was in need, Lord. If we just need to rehearse a little bit more what you've done for your people, we'd walk out of here and we wouldn't be consumed by the world. We wouldn't be consumed by our gossip of the day, but we would consume ourselves with what you've done for us. Oh God, may our minds be so torn apart from this world and so set on your word. Jesus, would you consume your people this morning? Not get so stuck in our everyday living, but Lord, may we just be so center focused on your goodness and your loving kindness. And we'll serve you, Lord Jesus, with all our hearts. This week, Lord, may we serve you to the very fullest of our ability. Take your people, Lord. Maybe somebody, Lord, is in need of that loving kindness. Somebody is in need that they would be able to sing as David. May they, oh Lord, in a moment's time. I think of Brother Ryan's song. It only takes a moment for God to change the heart. Lord, what inspiration, and it's true, and it's true even this day, in a moment, you can take a heart that is hardened by the world and tenderize it by the word of God. So I pray, Lord, you do your work this morning, and your purpose, Lord, would be fulfilled. Go with your people this week, Lord, and cover us with your grace. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. God bless you.
David said it was good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen, amen. Can we just sing as we go, my hope is in the Lord, and then we'll be dismissed. We can just sing the chorus. Bless you, dismiss in Jesus' name.